this morning into the adult Bible class and let us open in prayer please almighty and eternal and merciful God in the name of thy son we approach thee we thank thee Lord that we may call upon thy name and that thou listenest to us every day every hour of every day that we may cast our cares upon thee for thou carest for us we thank thee Lord for thy love and for thy love expressed in the cross and in the Savior on it. We thank thee, Lord, that we may approach thee, that there is peace between us and thee. Lord, that thy wrath has been removed and that we may come into thy presence. And Lord, that we may know thy blessings and help. Grant, O Lord, that we may grow in the knowledge of Christ this morning. Grant us grace that we may apply it to our lives, that the power of the Spirit of God would apply it and cause it to bear fruit pleasing unto thee. Open thou our eyes that we may behold wonderful things out of thy law. We pray thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Please open your copies of God's Word to Ephesians chapter 6, please. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and the first eight verses. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 to 8. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children, children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And so we come uh, this Lord's Day morning in the adult Bible class uh, to question 66 of the Westminster Confession, uh, shorter catechism even. And the Shorter Catechism, question 66, uh, continues our examination of the Fifth Commandment, a commandment that teaches us to honour our parents, but also our parents uh, in society, those that have authority and care over us. And question 66 goes on to talk of there is a, a reason, uh, even a promise, that's annexed or added to the Fifth Commandment, and so we'll just read that question and answer together. What is the reason annexed to the fifth commandment? The answer, the reason annexed to the fifth commandment is a promise of long life and prosperity as far as it shall serve for God's glory and their own good to all such as keep this commandment. So what is the reason annexed to the fifth commandment? The reason annexed to the fifth commandment is a promise of long life and prosperity 
as far as it shall serve for God's glory and their own good, to all such as keep this uh, commandment. If you know anything about broader Christendom and the various movements that are in it, then you're well aware that there's a a movement called the the Health and Wealth Brigade, quite often linked with the charismatic uh, movement. But health and wealth is something that they obsess about. They obsess about temporal blessings and they make every attempt to sell everybody's birthright in the Bible and say that it's yours to claim, it's yours to own. Uh, Say Abraham, for example, who was very wealthy, or or Solomon, uh, the wisest of men, but also a very, very wealthy king. And they they attempt to sell those birthrights and others uh, to the ignorant, gullible, and you could say even greedy followers, as if they had a right to sell that which God has uh, is given graciously in his providence to those Old Testament figures, and it is mostly Old Testament figures that they, they bring up. They don't teach from the Bible, uh, but they take these figures from the Bible and then declare that you can claim these things from God, that you too could be an Abraham or a Solomon or whatever. But it is, of course, it is up to the sovereign will of Almighty God to choose whom he will enrich and how much and for how long and It is his blessing and it comes from him. And yes, there are principles in the scriptures uh, which encourage us to be hardworking, to be honest, to be decent, uh, and they will be found to be rewarding in general. There's a a logic to to much of this. If, If you study hard at school, you will get a good exam result. If you work hard, you will be able to provide for yourself and for your family. And if you, if you save hard, you'll be able to pay off any debt you have or never get into debt in the first place. So these are very clear principles that we can also find in, in the Scriptures. But what we find in the very wording of the fifth commandment is a cast-iron promise from God that He will reward, that He will bless those that keep this commandment in all its fullness, that they actually keep the commandment. And, and it is very clear then that the Lord considers that children need this encouragement. Even as we go to uh, Exodus Uh, 20, the wording that we have in Exodus 20 and verse uh, 14. No, not verse 14, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Here we have that uh, encouragement, that exhortation. Children, it's maybe not always easy. Maybe the, the adults are not or the parents are not always consistent. Uh, Maybe you can see uh, that uh, there are holes and confusions and contradictions in what they say to you, but the encouragement to the child is, to the obedient child and to everybody in, in general, is that the Lord will say that thy days, your life will be long upon the land which the Lord thy God uh, giveth thee. So it's not just children, of course, it's those who are no longer children, but can understand this and, and can still profit from it. Maybe even more because they understand it better as they've grown up, they have more experience, even though their parents may have passed on. Uh, but we may remember from our previous examination of the Shorter Catechism, which itself only mirrors that which is taught in the Word. The, our confessional documents n- do not add to or take away, they merely mirror that which is taught in the Scriptures. But that, if we then as adults remember that that full application includes honor to, to all authority then, 
Authority in the church, authority in the home, authority in society. I'm not talking of a blind obedience, I'm talking of an honor to authority, uh, which includes obedience, of course. So therefore, this promise then that we find in the fifth commandment extends to all those that honor authority and not just to children. So let's examine together then as we open up uh, what is opened up for us in question and answer 66. The promise to the keepers of this commandment. The promise to the keepers of this commandment. And so we're, we're going to split up the answer in the shorter catechism into two parts as itself is. We have the promise of a long life and we have a promise of prosperity. So the promise of a long life then we see it is a special promise. It's an expressly worded promise. There's not just some sort of uh, hint that we could, we, we could learn something from and understand the general application. It is an express promise that's annexed or added to this fifth uh, commandment. And, and what does that do? That shows us the regard that God holds for primarily parental authority, but all authority, all, as we understand from Romans 13, all authority is ordained of God, all the powers that are are ordained, not necessarily approved, but ordained. And so God has this uh, great regard to parental authority, and so says specifically and primarily to the children, honor thy father and thy mother. And he encourages them to behave dutifully, to behave, to be obedient uh, towards their, their parents. And, and we see this same promise in Proverbs, Proverbs 4 and verse 10. Here we have uh, the, uh, our father speaking to his son, Solomon speaking to his son. We understand this being the, the Lord speaking to his children here, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. So we see that echoed there in Proverbs 4 and verse 10, that an, an attentiveness to receive uh, the commands, the sayings, as it says there, uh, this honoring of father and mother and others in authority is something that receives the Lord's clear and distinct uh, blessing. And, and the promise itself is annexed, that's annexed to this commandment is primarily concerning temporal good. So good for, for, for life now, uh, what we have in this life. Uh, that is clear, he says, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God uh, giveth thee. And so the keeping of the command, of course, is for our spiritual good. It helps build Christian character. Uh, when, we are, when we are rightly submissive to authority, it's good for the soul, it's good for the character. Uh, but it is, this promise is, is very pointed toward temporal blessings. And, and that principle is related to us by the Apostle Paul when he writes to Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8, he says this, he says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, that is for a short time, but godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So we see how, how godliness is profitable both to spiritual matters and to temporal matters. And that temporal good that's promised here in the fifth commandment, we see primarily uh, of the two that we see, the two promises, is of a long life. And that's indeed what we read in the commandment, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God 
uh, giveth thee. And, and this promise certainly has a, has a very clear particular and historical context in, in speaking to the obedient children amongst the Jews. And they're living in, in, in the land of Israel which God gave to them. But it is not exclusive to the Jews. Uh, we know that uh, because it is part of the moral commandment uh, which is for all of humanity. It's laid upon us all. But as we read in Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 2 and 3, or 1, 2 and 3, that we see that it's there we have Paul writing to Gentile believers and again impressing upon them the fifth commandment and the promises that are annexed to the fifth commandment. So he has that has that going forth. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, is his uh, commentary. And then he goes on to say, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. The two aspects we see there, then, the, 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 the blessing, the profit, and the uh, long life uh, granted. Now, it is true that there is a promise of mercy in the second commandment. If you know your second commandment, there is a promise of mercy and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. But that is a, that's a general uh, blessing that goes forth again to those that love the Lord, that, that express their love as he desires it in the keeping of his commandments and all of them. So it's a general promise. But this is, in the fifth commandment, this is, the, uh, this is specifically to those that keep this commandment. Uh, and therefore there is a strong promise linked with that commandment, the second commandment. Here's another matter. But the question then arises, if we consider the promise that we have before us, does it always have a literal fulfillment, a literal accomplishment? Will it always be the case that those who are obedient to their parents and as they grow up they're obedient uh, within reason to the authorities do they have a long life on earth? Do the godly and obedient children enjoy this long life on earth? And the answer must be a yes. The answer must be a yes that where there is a clear divine promise made, we can accept it as being true. However, we do know that sometimes the godly children of believing parents can be taken away. Does that then contradict the promise? Not at all. Not at all. If any of, of, of the children of believers are removed by death in their younger years, or even later on it might be, and they've had a steadfast and godly walk with God, their, their, their walk has matched their profession, and they've come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet the Lord takes them away, he can do so. And that can be for a number of reasons that we have revealed in the Scriptures. It could be to take them away from evil, evil times yet to come. Uh, Isaiah 57 and verse 1 says, The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. So that can certainly be a reason uh, why the promise would appear not to be fulfilled in those circumstances. Or maybe this, that the Lord just draws them to himself sooner uh, than later. The prime example would be Enoch, who walked with God, uh, and no doubt was very honorable to his parents, and had taught his own child, Methuselah, to be, to be, uh, to be honoring towards him. And we see Methuselah had the longest of lives, and no doubt a very blessed one also. But the Lord can transport them, uh, transplant them from earth to heaven as it pleases him. As we read in Hebrews 11 and verse 16, for that is the desire of the Lord. And, but now they desire a better country, that is in heaven, heavenly, 
Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them uh, a city. So this promise of a long life, it goes forth, it goes out, and it is uh, an encouragement to children, but it shall be also an encouragement uh, to, to all that would live godly in Jesus Christ. So the promise of a long life, but it's conjoined with the promise of a prosperous life. Initially, when we read the, we, we read the scriptures, we read uh, the, first, uh, the fifth commandment in Exodus 20 or even in Deuteronomy 5, it says, Yet that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And then we think to ourselves, yeah, there's only a promise of a long life. But then when we read, as we have from, from Proverbs, but specifically from Ephesians 6, uh, it, that it may be well with thee that there is something added to this prosperous life. But if you imagine then that you had a, a long life, a long life, but it wasn't prosperous, it wasn't blessed, that would be a grievous burden. It would not be a blessing. It would not be a great encouragement. That, yeah, the Lord is going to draw out your life and the last 40 years of your life will be, will be difficult. What we see in Revelation 9 and verse 6, uh, it's a slightly different context. It's a very much different context, but it has that principle in there uh, where in the days of the Lord's tribulation against the wicked upon the earth, he removes death from them. And it says in Revelation 9 and verse 6, And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. See, that, is a big, that would be a, an example of, a, of an extended uh, life that is not blessed of God. But this is a, a long life that is blessed of God, that it may be well with thee, and that thou may live, mayest live long upon the land. Now this prosperity, we've got to be very clear, is, is not limited to financial blessings, but as we've already considered, those that are hardworking, those that are parent-honoring, um, that they're not cursed with a rebellious heart, they will bring forth the fruits of his or her labor, and not just in that uh, standard sense of be a hard worker and you'll get the benefits of that hard work, but there will rest upon this a greater blessing from God. There are many that can work hard and are not godly, but here we have an extra, extra layer of blessing put upon those. And if we bring it back then to a younger person, a younger person, maybe even a young adult or a teenager, uh, they would desire to continue to honor their parents, even throughout their life. They may have left home, they would have left home, and they want to continue to honor their parents. They don't want to bring their parents into any, any shame or embarrassment or a public humiliation, and therefore they would avoid uh, lifestyles that would do so. And an avoidance of, of shameful behavior, when we consider promiscuity or, or various forms of immorality, Drink and excessive drink and drugs would be avoided, uh, as would the company of those whom your parents do not approve of. And so when a child does that, um, is obedient, has been brought up, of course, to be obedient. It's a, bit, it's a bit late when they turn 16 to start applying the principles of God uh, to them. It's quite too late. But if you have brought them up in the, in the nurture and the admin admonition of the Lord from a child, then they would be parent-honoring. And they would not involve themselves in foolish behavior and risky behavior, life-shortening behavior, wallet-emptying behavior. They, they, would, they would avoid that. They would see their, their parents. They would see their parents being an example, not just in word, but in life. And they would attempt to copy that and, and follow that. Moses himself was such an example. 
He, he decided as a, as a man of 40 that he would not, no longer disown his parents, no longer disown his, his nation and his background, no longer disown his God, but he would join himself to the people of God. Hebrews 11 speaks of this and the faith of Moses, verses 24 to 25. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So, so there he was, Moses, as a prince in Egypt, receiving all the benefits of a fine education and of, a, of, of wealth and, and, and protection and, and, and everything else that the that earth could offer him. But he chose willingly to abandon that, no longer to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but to return to his own people, to give honor to, to, to his own parents and to, to God. We understand that by extension, of course. And so he would enjoy... Uh, being with and enjoy or experience the afflictions of God's people as opposed to enjoy the pleasures of sin to be found in Egypt. And we see also that he was rewarded. The reward that he received in Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7 speaks of Moses. It says, And Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. So he retained, and <clears throat> we understand here is some extension to this promise of, of obedience um, to authority, to the parents, and then as it's extended in the world and in the church, there's a, a retaining of clear thought, there's a, a retaining of, of reason, of ability to reason, uh, of some bodily health in some way, well into old age. And, and that's a, a glorious promise, of course. That, the, that those faculties would be maintained uh, at least to some degree and to some extent. Of course, as we do know, and you may know from your own experience uh, and knowledge of family, friends, neighbors, that even the godless can be brought up to respect and honor their parents. And, but their parents may be absolute extreme atheists, and they may be brought up as atheists, and yet the parents have understood uh, something of, of obedient children, of a well-ordered household, of working hard. And, and so they would, re in a way, they would enjoy something of, of, of those blessings. But I would say that they are limited limited blessings, that the fullness of the blessings are not there, although they be temporal blessings, uh, because there are other blessings which are really only for the household of God. We consider as you grow older, you become, uh, become wiser, and very naturally become wiser because you've learned from your mistakes and haven't died from them. So you're able to live that little bit longer and have that more wisdom uh, that the Lord uh, grants. But when it comes to the, the household of faith, there is that uh, spiritual blessings that are granted that you may grow in grace and that you may grow in holiness. And, and, and having that godly wisdom, having learnt even from um, mistakes in your own life or mistakes that have happened in the church or whatever, but learning from them uh, to then add to wisdom and to careful and gracious counsel, uh, which is a great blessing, of course. And that is why the Lord has set up elders over the church. The elders are not always old, but that is really what it comes back from, comes from, is, is eldership. The older uh, ones in, in both male and female uh, have a responsibility to the younger ones. 
uh, formally as office bearers, that would be only to, to the males that are called of God, but the eldership, as I mentioned, Timothy wasn't very old when he was an elder, but in, in any case, it was still the idea that the elders uh, would understand things better, they've experienced much and understand much, does not make them infallible by any means, uh, but that is a principle that you see even in the offices of the church. But to grow in grace and holiness takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. Conversion happens overnight. A change of tastes happens overnight. Uh, a relationship to God changes overnight. A relationship to sin changes overnight. But this, 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 this slow uh, fruit-bearing and ripening of that fruit takes a long time. And that is the blessings that would be given to the godly. And in proportion to their advancement uh, in years, Psalm 92 uh, gives us uh, an indication of this, verses 13 and 14. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Fat as in the idea of, of rich and bountiful. But rebellious Christians do not bear much spiritual fruit in contrast to what we're understanding here. Even though they may be soundly saved, there is not much fruit bought, uh, brought forth. Uh, we know that from Hebrews 13 and verse 17. It says there, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. See, the profit and the blessing that would normally go forth is removed from those that, that rebel against God's ordained uh, power and authority in exactly the same um, that we see in the fifth commandment, where it says, honor thy father and mother, and here it says, honor those, your fathers and mothers in the faith, um, specifically the fathers in the faith as the elders, for they watch for your souls, they have a great uh, burden and, and duty but they should do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. The blessing of God, the tap of God's blessing, as it were, is turned shut uh, for those uh, that would be rebellious. But coming back to the, the broader application then, long life with prosperity is promised as far as it will serve to God's glory and to their good. And that's what the framers of the Shorter Catechism ha have made very clear in, the, in, the, in that language. As far as it shall serve for God's glory and their own good. There are those um, saved and gracious Christians that can't handle money to save their lives. And it would not be good for them. It would not be good for them to uh, obtain a lot of money. Uh, and so it would not necessarily be for their good, if we're talking just financial matters. But anything, if they can't if they can't wisely and modestly make good use of those finances, but they would go out and, and, and be silly and maybe immature, buying a, a yellow Lamborghini or something like that and doing donuts around, the, around the, the car park or whatever it might be, there's not much glory brought to God or even to their own testimony and, and witness. And so the Lord is not, is not a spoiling father in that way. And he would also want us to be aware of that, that the things that the Lord gives are to be for his glory and to be for our ultimate good. We'll come back to Proverbs then. 30 and verse 8. We have this, we have the, the voice of the godly saying this to the Lord. 
Remove, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, that they may live. And then I add to God's glory and for their own good. So we've seen the promise of a long life, the promise of a prosperous life, but there is also a, a parallel warning when we consider this, and we've touched upon it already, but rebellious and disobedient uh, people bring their own curses upon themselves. Uh, when we consider those in the world or in the church, they're never at peace. There is unrest in the heart and tend to be sowers of unrest. Uh, and why is that? Well, we come back to the primary application, which is the relationship between child and parent, is defying the wise and loving counsel of parents. And in rebellion, then, what do they do? Well, then they rebel against the wise and loving counsel of the parents. And, and, we, and we, we see this, especially in the world. They seek out sin. They seek out scandal. They, they seek out thrills. They seek out danger. And we consider all, many dangerous sports uh, that are taken part in, uh, in, in the last 40, 30, and 40 years as more and more uh, despising of parental authority has, has come forth and has not been pushed back against by the parents, but has actually been promoted uh, by the wicked in society. And so it gets worse and worse. Uh, and wisdom and moderation and, and obedience are for, a foreign language to them. They do not consider these things. And so they indulge themselves in destructive behavior, destructive to themselves, destructive to their families, destructive to the church, destructive to society, absolutely in general. And the Lord does not abide such rebellion and, and wickedness. And, and how often then, when you know from your own experience or from what you've heard from others or you've read in the newspapers or whatever, do, how often do reckless and foolish teens die young? They die young. I mean, we think of that, we think, what a wasted life. And it is a wasted life. But the life was being wasted already. Because they have that foolishness, that they have this idea that they must, they must race their cars into oblivion, that they must drink until even their livers uh, give up, even at a very young age. I have known, I've known of young men. Uh, I mean, from my my own town of Liverpool, it's a, it's a port, and the ports are generally rougher areas, and there's a lot of drinking, an awful lot of drinking, in in England in general, but Liverpool in especially. especially. Uh, the young men, even as they, they start drinking at the age of 12, and by the age of the early 20s, they have real problems with their liver. So alcohol and all, everything that relates to that, the, 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 the fighting and the foolishness that takes place, that takes away lives, either on a longer-term or a very short-term basis, how many people are, are, are hurt or killed uh, on, a, on a Friday night or a Saturday night, uh, when they go out and get into fights and the knife is pulled and their life is taken. Uh, and going beyond alcohol, of course, the taking of drugs, which is, so, which is so destructive. And the drugs that are available these days are astonishingly uh, destructive uh, to the body, to society, to everything. And so their lives are shortened. Their lives are shortened because they, they indulge in all these things that are so destructive and yet they have a madness within there's a madness in the soul that has not been tempered uh, by the, the truth of the scriptures or by, or by the gospel. No gospel light has entered in 
and, and, and just the madness increases and they go from one to another and, and, and maybe if they survive it there may be some, there may be some settling down of, uh, of, of that wisdom now, they've lived long enough to realize that was foolish they look back and they may have some, some sense and some wisdom added to their years but would it be a godly wisdom? Not necessarily. You have men such as Jordan Peterson who can come out with a lot of logical wisdom and encourage people to do the basics and the small things in life and that will, that will set them up for, for the rest of the day or, or for establishing self-discipline in their lives. And yet we know even when he opens the Bible and speaks of it, there's no light. There's no light in his case. Uh, there's no light outside of the enlightenment of the Spirit of God. And never mind all those deadly matters, what about those things that are deadly to the emotions and to, to the life in the relationships that, that, the, that the ungodly would enter into as they enter into a series of foolish friendships and even immoral relationships, all which destroy the human from within and turn people in, in, in the shortest of time in, in, into very bitter people as regards to relationships, cynical and bitter at the age of 30 or even at the age of 25. And so the life becomes cursed by, by bad choices and those bad choices are reflective of rebellion against their parents and against society in general, but are not keeping of the fifth commandment. And so when it says, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, or as Paul says, that it may be well uh, with thee and that thy, thy life may be long upon the land. And of course, as we understand uh, and read uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we understand that that word uh, land is also the same as the word earth. Um, earth and land in the Hebrew, uh, the word eretz is, is, is the same word. So where the Lord makes a promise to his people and speaks of the land, yeah, we can understand historically, well, it's, it's speaking of Israel, but when the Lord then applies that uh, uh, further, we understand, well, that's to the, the whole earth. And as the, the Great Commission goes out and, and nations and peoples and individuals are blessed by the gospel, that they may know that blessing upon the earth where they are. This is the words of Paul then, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Well, then the reverse is true then for those who despise uh, authority and especially their father and mother. It won't be well with them and they will not live a long life upon the earth. And again, that's a general thing. That's a general rule. There can be those who are ungodly and the Lord seems to give a very long life to. But there are other reasons for that, um, that the Lord would have them uh, heap up judgment unto themselves and whatever else he would apply to that. So we've seen then these, these two promises of prosperity and of a long life and we've understood something that prosperity is also a prosperity of the soul, not just of the bank account. And so we close then as we repeat the question 66. Question and answer is what is the reason annexed to the fifth commandment and the answer, the reason annexed to the fifth commandment is a promise of long life and prosperity as far as it shall serve for God's glory and their own good to all such as keep this commandment. Now we've worked our way quite through quickly through that question this, uh, this morning. Are there any questions pertaining uh, to this 
study and if not we will close in prayer let's pray we thank thee our God for thy word and we pray that thou wilt cause it to enter in cause it to enter into each and every one of us who are here present or listening online even now or at a later time that we would know the the blessing of God that we would be well pleasing to him We confess, O oh Lord, that the, the flesh itself is, is in rebellion against God. But we pray for grace, that we'd know the mortifying of the deeds of the flesh, that we would know a softening of our heart, that we would know something of a gracious life, that we would may have a long life that's full of glory to God and encouragement to God's people. And the blessings that we have that we may share uh, with others but Lord that we may know this and bring glory to thy name and that it would be for our own good Lord hear us and bless us we pray for the convicting work of the spirit where we have not been attentive to this but we thank thee that our God is a gracious and forgiving God and therefore we pray Lord that thou will enable us to repent and to follow Christ even in this regard we pray for we pray in his name, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you.